Welcome to The Portable Pastor, a podcast of relevant biblical teaching, linking ancient truth with today's challenges. Each week, Pastor Mike will share God's Word to help you and remind you that God is pro-you. So download the outline from fbcclover.life and get ready to hear today's teaching. Here's Pastor Mike. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Portable Pastor Podcast. I'm Mike Stafford, that Portable Pastor, bringing you another teaching from God's Word. We are getting so close to Christmas, so I want to say Merry Christmas. I'm glad that that we have Christmas on Sunday this year. I love worshiping on Christmas Sunday, and I hope that you have a place that you can go and worship as well. Today, we're going to celebrate the presence of Christ. We've been gleaning from John chapter 1 for the past week or so. And last Sunday, we looked at the purpose of Christ being born. We learned that this child was more than just a baby. He is the Word. That is Logos. He brought the complete message of God to mankind. But Jesus is also God. We believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. We can't explain it. We have trouble trying to to explain it. But we have faith in God, and He said He was three in one, and so we believe that. And we've learned that Jesus created everything. Nothing was made that was not made by him. That's what John wrote. We also learned that this child gives life and light. He first gave life in the garden. He gives us eternal life now. He is the light of God's truth through the world. He came to illuminate the darkness with it. Well, what truth am I talking about? Well, God wants to redeem mankind. He illuminated that truth. And we ended up last Sunday finding out the purpose for which Christ came. Jesus Christ came to bring the truth of salvation to a spiritually dark and dying world. Then last night, we gathered and we learned that the peace of Christ is offered to us at Christmas time. We heard that the most most people in the world, they're opposed to God. The world doesn't recognize him as creator. They recognize other wannabe creators or even want to be creators themselves, but they don't recognize the true God of creation. Even Israel does not accept the Messiah. Jesus came specifically to them. They were his chosen people, yet they still do not receive him as Messiah. And yet Jesus came knowing these facts. That's incredible. We also learned that some people are not opposed to God. You see, everyone can believe Jesus is creator and Messiah. Creation and and the law that's imprinted on the hearts of people is enough to point people to God. People can believe they, they believe in God if they choose to, and many do. We saw in the scriptures that, that anyone can be saved. Romans 10, 13, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, people can receive the peace that Jesus offers, peace between God and man. So today, let's focus, though, on the presence of Christ. Let's read the the whole passage again, and then specifically specifically focus on verses 14 through 16. Here's what it says. Follow along. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness is not overcoming. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. Verse 8, he was not the light, 
but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now let's look at today's focal passage, verses 14 through 17. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only of the the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now John bore witness about him and cried out, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, but he was before me. From for from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You see, John the Apostle, he he had Jesus pegged right here when he when he wrote this passage. Now, he, he pointed to the truth of John the Baptist, but proclaimed that, that John was inferior to Christ. Remember what Jesus had already said about John the Baptist in, in Matthew 11? He said, truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Jesus knew John was a superstar. He was a superstar in religious circles in those days. Jesus said that. But John the Apostle kept John the Baptist in the right position compared to Christ. Verses 6 to 8, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe in him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. And again, he writes in verse 15, John bore witness about him and cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he is before me. So right from the beginning, John the Apostle, uh, he elevates Jesus over John the Baptist. And then he hammers an important message when he wrote verses 14 through 17. This is an important message to the churches. Well, what was that message? Here it is. Jesus was physically here, not just spiritually, not just overlooking or watching. He was physically here. The Messiah had come. God took on flesh and became one of us. Sort of. Let's stop and dig right there for just for just a minute. Now put on your thinking hat. I, I know you're ex- probably already by now experiencing, you know, e- eggnog overload or cookie overdose or something. But we need to get this. All right. So put on your thinking cap. God made flesh at the beginning from the dust of the ground, right? And He breathed life into it, and the body of Adam became alive. Now don't get upset because I said it. It was still an it. It was a lump of clay until Jesus breathed life into it. Babies aren't its. They are alive. They breathe. Don't make me don't make me go there again today. Now the body of Adam was perfect and had yet to be stained by sin, but but then it did change. It was corrupted by sin and his flesh became sin saturated. This is the reason behind Paul writing in Galatians 5, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, uh, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like that. He just goes on and on and on. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what he wrote. Man had had gotten so eaten up with sin, 
It affected all of his being, mind, soul, and spirit. His mind, his thoughts were out of control. His soul was destined for hell. His spirit, his spirit was dead. We're all born like this. No one has ever taught us to sin. It's innate. So, so check this out. Because Adam sinned, all mankind became infected with sin. Romans 5.12, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sin, death from sin spread to all of us, all of us. Oh, how God must hate our sin-saturated flesh. Then we read that Jesus came and he took on flesh. There might be an issue here. I mean, think about it. How could Jesus be perfect when all flesh is sin-saturated? you got to catch this. Turn to Romans 8.3. You have to see this. you got to get it. For the sacrifice of Jesus to be acceptable, he had to be perfect. And yet he took on flesh. How can he be perfect with flesh? Follow along as I read. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh... God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. See, we needed to live by the law and we were too weak to do it. Our desire to to sin in our flesh was just too great. And the law was useless because we'd gone too far. So, so So Jesus shows up. God sent him in the likeness of sinful flesh. Did you catch that? He was like us. But not just like us. How was he different? Now, turn your thinking into high gear. We just read in Romans 5 that sin entered into the world through Adam, right? Eve sinned first, but but whatever. I, I'm, I'm not bitter. <laughs> so man has, the, man has that awful, awful um, ability to pass sin through, from generation to generation. It's specifically done through the man, through fathers. Now, Jesus obviously got... He got genetic stuff from Mary. He grew in her womb and he was nourished from her body, but not from Joseph. Joseph never knew his wife intimately until after the birth. So remember, Joseph was visited by the angel in a dream and the angel told him the plan, right? In Matthew 1, 24, when Jesus awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. So he had never been intimate with his wife. So Jesus never received thin, saturated flesh from Joseph because Joseph was not involved in his conception. And sin is passed down through the man, right? So he came in the likeness of man, not just like us, but similar to us. And since no sin was transmitted from an earthly father to him, because no father was involved, no earthly father was involved, Jesus could be sinless from birth. He took on flesh, but not sinful flesh. He could remain spotless, unstained, and perfect. Now, he could have blown it. He could have blown it. I mean, he had flesh. He, the devil was tempting him. He could have choos- chosen that, but he didn't. So his flesh remained spotless, unstained, and perfect. So he qualified. He qualified to be our substitute. He qualified as sinless, completely sinless, and was the perfect substitute for our sin punishment. Jesus was with us in person, similar to us, yet without a, a predisposition to sin. But he was physically here. Now, he lived with mankind. 
He wasn't just here and, and standoffish. What did John say? He dwelt among us. He was all in. He lived with mankind. He submitted to his parents. He 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 worked in the community with his with his earthly dad. He attended services at the temple. He observed all those special national days. He was known by his people. Remember, he loved to hang out with kids. He loved meeting new people. He was good friends with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. He traveled with the disciples. He traveled all over the place to see and minister to all kinds of people. He lived with mankind, and they saw him face to face, and they walked with him shoulder to shoulder. He lived with us, with humans, and people saw glory in him. We know that Joseph and Mary marveled. Luke 2, 33, and his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. People heard God the Father speak at, at his baptism. They saw God the Holy Spirit descend on him in the form of a dove. In Matthew 17, Peter, James, and John saw him in a transfigured state. People saw him turn water into wine. They saw him heal the sick. They saw him cast out demons. They saw him multiply the loaves and the fishes. They saw him walk on water. They saw him walk right through his accusers. Those accusers were dead set on killing him. They were coming after him, and he walked right through them without ever being touched. They saw people healed by just touching him. They saw him nailed to the cross, and yet he still forgave his executioners. They saw glory in him. Now, what else did John write about him in this passage? He was full of grace and truth. These are John's words. The only son of the father, full of grace and truth. They knew he was full of truth. They heard him chap the Pharisees over and over again with it. They heard his teaching and saw his authority with, with the ancient scriptures. They, they Just look at the last few days of his life. They said he would suffer at the hands of the religious leaders. He said that, and it happened. He said that he would die in Jerusalem. That happened. He said he would die during Passover. That happened. He told his disciples that one of them would betray him. That happened. He told them that... They would all abandon him at his betrayal, and that happened. He told Peter that he would deny knowing him three times. He would deny him three times before the next crow of the rooster, and that happened. He said they would crucify him. That happened. And then the big one. In Mark 9.31, they heard him say, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days, he will rise. And they saw him alive again three days after his death. All of that happened in just one week. He was truthful. He was full of truth. But he was also full of grace. He showed up in human form. That was gracious. He was gracious to Zacchaeus. He went to his house and ate with him when he was just a, a, a sinner, a tax collector, hated by everyone. He showed grace to Peter. He restored him after Peter abandoned him and denied him. He showed grace to Paul. Paul was killing Jesus' followers, and Jesus could have killed Paul, but he didn't. He showed grace. He showed grace in his teaching. He taught unconditional forgiveness. He even showed grace from the cross. John, take care of my mom. Father, forgive them. Forgive these mean people. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus was full of grace and truth, and everybody saw it. And I want you to know, I want you to know that he gives us grace. Specifically, grace upon grace. Well, what does that mean? Well, John wrote in 16, from his fullness, we have received grace upon grace. 
You see, we learned earlier this year that that every single person on the planet has received general grace from God. They're alive, they're breathing, they have nature around them, they you know, they get rain, they get food, they get experiences, they get goodness. All those things come from God. James 1 tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or or shadow due to change. So he gives us so much grace. Even when we turn right back around and credit ourselves for things, the things that we have, or or, or credit ourselves for what we can do and what we can experience. He gives us grace, and that's general grace. But he gave some of us even more grace, grace upon grace. When you were saved, you were saved by what? Grace. Ephesians 2, 4, and 5 says that. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Not only did you receive general grace, like everyone else, you received salvation, saving grace. You received grace upon grace. He gives us so much. Here's the main point of today's passage. You ready? It's so simple. Jesus was present and he offered salvation. That's it. I told you it was simple. Jesus was here and he brought us the message of salvation. That is why Christians celebrate Christmas Christmas so fervently. We go so over the top with it. This message, the arrival of Jesus with this message, who would go on to 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 win us later, it all that began in the manger. He took on flesh, perfect flesh. And he kept it pure for 33 years and then died as if he had sin-saturated flesh. In a way, he, he did become sinful. Think about it. At death, he took on our sins. He took our sins upon himself. That's what 2 Corinthians 5, 20 and 21 says. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be him to be sin who knew no sin, knew no sin. I need to start that over. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no, knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That is so hard for me to read there for a second. Jesus took our sin and he, he, he took it upon himself in order that he could take the punishment for it. And he he knew he would do that. He knew he would do that Ever before being laid in that manger. Wow. This is why we celebrate. This is why we begin decorating our houses in October and lighting up our lawns on timers. This is why we buy Christmas sweaters and hats. This is why we have parties, why we make cookies, why we sing carols. And this is why we exhaust ourselves at Christmas. Jesus took on flesh. He was born and dwelt among men. He brought this message of salvation to us, to us spiritually and physically. We were dying and he brought it to us. Think on that. That baby would grow up and offer you what no one else could offer you. He could give you a Christmas present that nobody else could give, salvation. And after 2,000 years, that message of Christ is still being shared and people are still being saved by his grace. What keeps you from receiving that today? Wouldn't you just ask for it? Wouldn't you just receive it? God, I, I would love to be saved today. I'd love to have a relationship with you. I would love to be sealed for eternity. I'd like to go to heaven when I die. What keeps you from receiving that today? Would you just ask God for it? 
admit to him that you're a sinner and you can't earn it, but then admit to him that you believe that Jesus earned it for you on that cross and commit your life to him. It's that simple. It is that simple. Would you just pray that and ask him to be a part of your life? If you'd like to talk about that more or start a, any kind of online conversation, you can email me at mike at fbcclover.com. And we can start that today. Well, I hope that was a blessing to you. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. We'll come back next week with some more teaching. We're going to get back into Matthew. And we're so excited to do that. Remember, I'll tell you this every time, every week I tell you this. If you're walking with God, he is very much pro you. Be blessed. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to the Portable Pastor Podcast. Pastor Mike serves as pastor at the First Baptist Church in Clover, South Carolina. FBC Clover is a church that focuses on loving God, loving people, and making disciples. For more information about our church and our ministries, or to make an online donation, go to fbcclover.com or email us at fbcclover at gmail.com. Until next time, be blessed. And remember, God is pro-you.